was the bottom of the ninth, with McGuire up at bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 109 of Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Um, That's me. And uh, this episode is going to be different in every episode after this, in that I actually have guests on the podcast now. Uh, I've decided I don't by myself, to myself, to other people. And I figure it's more entertaining when you have guests along for the ride. So my first guest is an avid sports fan like me, also a musician, also a comedian, and uh, known him for quite a while now. Please give it up for Dano. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for having me on. I was, um, they, they may not know out there in um, audience land, but we were supposed to talk last week and I had a cold, not COVID, I tested, everything is well, um, but I, um, I took some melatonin and some drugs that I don't usually take. And normally I'm, you know, just, no, I'll fight it off, it's fine, you know, it's just, <laughs> As we do, you know, we're men. We have to, you know, Wait, did, tough did it you up. mix? Did you mix melatonin with the Nyquil? Um, I took Emergen Z, uh, okay. thinking that it was Emergen C. There's a, it's, it's like hepatitis. Oh. There is a difference, but I'm not. <laughs> you have to really pay attention to what oh, okay. the two things are. Um, no, I. This is so fucking stupid. I'm allowed to cuss, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll try not to. I don't cuss as much as I used to, but it it was so fucking stupid. Because <laughs> I was like, I legit, this is a new thing for me. And um, just a few moments ago, even, I was like, God damn it, where are my glasses? I Like, I'm not going to be able to see Wes because now I can't see anymore. And I was looking for them. And in typical fashion, they were directly next to uh, my hand. <laughs> so it's like that's that's now a thing. So I I literally and it was it was so dumb that I was like, there's no way to adequately explain how you sleep through missing you know podcasts with somebody that you scheduled them you know like a month ago um, by saying sorry I I'm new to glasses and I couldn't see and I, I <laughs> grabbed the wrong packet tranquilized myself i woke up like, like ah! <laughs> ah is ukraine still there like what was <laughs> like i was so thrown and i was like no he's gonna think i'm a jackass like and i am but <laughs> it was just <laughs> like damn it so i'm i'm really glad to to be back and you know have it rescheduled and i even am going with the uh the oakland green uh, and gold okay. in honor of 
my dear friend. So you got a whole whole bunch of different lighting motifs in that room? Yeah, man, whatever the vibe is, you know. Tonight I was feeling kind of oaky and <laughs> feeling a little gold. So, you know, there's right. there's green and gold in my heart tonight. I figured uh, <laughs> you know, it was part of being on the show and chatting with you. I was excited to talk, not even just Oakland baseball, but baseball baseball, because I know that you you really get out to like, we are both San Jose State guys, right? Um, and I don't fly the SJSU flag the way you do, and that's why I'm just like, mm, this man is a legend in my book. Like, <laughs> actually out at the games supporting, you know, like no, you know who the up and comers are, and the fact that you're out at like River Cats games and you're checking out like you know. The occasional Giants game, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes I get a free like, ticket every now and then. Yeah, you know, we all like hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that's why when you you asked me to do this, I was so pumped because I was like, dude, I get to talk to like not only one of my like original buddies from like the 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 start of when you know like we we were comedy babies together. <laughs> so i was trying to think back because like i think you actually know your comedy anniversary right like the yeah day, i do first day you did it so when was that that was um march 4th 2005 so i literally okay. and i didn't plan it that way it just kind of yeah. happened that way but it was just three four five was the the start like, at the uh yeah i never took note of what day i did a my first comedy show and yeah <laughs> i think for a while i was counting like okay i've done this many but then after a while i was like okay I'm, yeah I'm there's no not real count anymore yeah because so. you're kind of like you're thinking like oh i'm gonna do this like cal ripkin iron man thing where i'm just gonna keep these like phenomenal statistics and data about my performances and then you're like i never want to remember performing at certain places again <laughs> so like i was like at one point in time because um becoming more of a known fact amongst friends and family but even now acquaintances is um i have some mental health issues and one of those mental health issues is obsessive compulsive disorder <laughs> um i'm not quite on like a larry bubbles brown level of like right. enigma in terms of the ability to retain data you know like i don't like that people kind of use the rain man term with him but it is <laughs> that like level of like you can ask him i was like he's, he's like uh what what was your birthday and i'm like um september 20th 1981 and he's like oh yeah uh and he literally busts out on the spot uh, yeah, I think the Dodgers beat the Reds two to one that day. I forget who <laughs> closed it out. And I was like, Pfft. and he goes, right. Yeah. In fact, I think there was a plane crash in Bolivia. I think it was about like 38. And you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> so I always kind of held like, I'm, I'm not on his level, but I, my memory is odd. And that was one of those things that I just sort of felt like this odd, you know, I have to keep track and I kept track of it. Like I knew I kept track of places I performed. I kept track of, um, 
like how many shows I did. So if I did like three shows in a night, I listed that. And I kept a running order on my website on right. like a little secret page, just like a psycho <laughs> for, for like me to just like, what have I done? And <laughs> it's fine. I mean, some people are into that. Like our dear friend, Sammy, my God. I like even they, recently like checking a Jeff, Jeff Applebaum's website. Like, I was, I was, cause I booked him on a show coming up yeah. in May and I was just checking his schedule to make sure he was free. And I was like, Oh, he's kept all of last year's on here still. And he is like <laughs> almost all the previous years still on his website. Yeah. Slowly. I was like, Oh, <laughs> and you're like, Holy crap. And we get the, it. You're busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay man like you've done it all like you won yeah <laughs> but it was funny because for me it was really more of um i was just such a fan of like statistics and i really kind of came from it from a standpoint of like i as a kid like i was even super fascinated with one of the most important moments to me as a baseball fan was ricky henderson um, stealing that third base because I had a cool teacher who wheeled in the TV, like age myself here. Um, children, we used to have TVs that were on wheels <laughs> and they were pretty fucking big. They were like six feet tall. So, you know, teacher wheels in the big ass box and plugs it in and like, let us watch. Rick everybody applauded. <laughs> yeah. We were just like, yeah. You didn't even care what was going to be on <laughs> It matter. It was just like, yeah, we're not doing shit today. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was like the baseball night kid that just, I wore my hat every day to school and I alternated because I was Giants and A's, man. And people were like, you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, <laughs> so you didn't wear the split though, did you? <sighs> I did not wear the split. So the sp I okay. feel okay, good. <laughs> no, I have a rule about the split. The split for me. Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound mean at first, but it's not. It's a lovely uh, thing. The split for me is reserved for old ladies. <laughs> and I know to the game. <laughs> and I know you know you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about because um, Brendan Lynch and I had the we just had this like conversation once. We were laughing so hard about um, like the old ladies at the game that have the Giants and the A's hat. And it has the pins um, from like the different MVP. And you can see like Clark 22, MVP, you know, 80, like whatever year it was, 93 yeah. or, um, or maybe that was Bonsai. But like it was funny to just, we like to think about that level of detail of like, yeah, that was something I noticed as a kid. And I always thought it was funny. It was like, I only ever saw the old ladies with the hat split. Like it was always the young dudes really like, no, oh, fucking A's, man. Jose Canseco or the Giants were like, would beat the shit out of Jose Canseco. Like, <laughs> you know, and I like, I was a kid who was just so obsessed with baseball that, like, I would go to, you know, to be honest, honest, as a man, fair up, Giants are my team. You know, that I've always been clear and fair about that. But it's like, dude, I have sat in that fucking Coliseum so many times, maybe more than Giants games because A's games are more fun, it's a better atmosphere. And I feel like the fan at the A's game, and I'm just being super fair, and I don't give a shit. 
I'm the most diehard Giants fan, like up, down, left, right, through and through. But an A's game is just a better fucking time. And it's a better audience. Like they know their baseball and they are passionate and they give a shit. And the thing that I can attest to is that, and this is why like I, I fly the green and the gold in my own home, you know, in honor of a fellow A's fan is um, I have fought in the Oakland Coliseum. So I feel like I've earned that <laughs> name a sport. I've done it, but <laughs> at the same time too, the other thing, um, like the big thing for me is like going to an A's game. I've never heard somebody say, hey, bro, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> right. <laughs> never heard it. And well, until like two years ago, they didn't even have Wi-Fi. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, bro, uh, we're just using the Starbucks password from like <laughs> from the uh, across the way at the BART station. <laughs> have you seen our urinals? Do you think we have Wi-Fi here? Yeah, it's like, but the, see, yeah, see, like, and that that plays into my theory about how the A's fan is the better fan because the A's fan um, not only has gotten their heart broken so many times by just regular transactions, <laughs> business yeah. transactions, the Giants fan has not quite suffered. And I can say that fairly and honestly. Giants fans have had it pretty good, and especially in recent years, and don't quite understand like what it takes to physically arrive at the Oakland Coliseum remain at the Oakland Coliseum <laughs> and enjoy yourself. It truly is like a savage's paradise because it's it's not an ugly stadium. Like the Raiders did that, but like I still have in my head like that stadium is still grass with the hills back there to me. And it's still like our version of like Dodger Stadium or like Yankee Stadium in the Bay, because you know, fucking three com's gone, but Coliseum is a legend, you know. And it's like, dude, to be an honorary knight of such a legendary place and such a legendary team, it's like, <laughs> and I am rambling, but you know, that's my that's my love letter to A's fans. I I fucking love the A's, and so. Um, I think that's how we connected initially, just open mics and shit, because I'd be wearing my my hat or whoever, and you'd be wearing your ace hat, and you'd be like, oh, you an ace fan? Oh, Giants, yeah. And we just start, you know, bullshitting. But I think that's what it was, because I can't recall if we met at Ron's Farmhouse or if it was at the Gaslighter. I know we did both, but I can't yeah. remember which one was the first. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up, man? I'm blah, 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 you know. I don't know if you recall, but I sure don't. <laughs> it was probably the gaslighter. I don't think I did Ron's farmhouse right away. Then mm, that's while. probably true. So. That was an interesting venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I, I still don't know of anything news there. Like the last time I drove by, it was still the empty building. It still said Ron's farmhouse outside. Yeah, so, I don't even know. It's like, been a while, but it's interesting because like. I don't think Ron's is anything, and I, I don't know if the Gaslighter is anything either. I think it's been a couple. Right. Yeah, things, the Gaslighter and Campbell. I remember they said it was supposed to be like a an ultra lounge or something <laughs> after it shut down. Yeah, there wasn't and, anything. And then yeah, I don't think that ever came to fruition, and it was like, 
I want right. to say there is something there now. I, I just, I can't remember. Nothing memorable. Nothing like, worth visiting or, you know, Nothing with about. windows, so you can't really see inside what it is. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. just whatever's just beyond weird... these doors is anybody's clue. <laughs> yeah, some sort of like, like <laughs> I always imagine now, um, because I ended up at a place like this, I did not think um, it existed. But like living in L.A. now, I've now seen things that I'm like, oh, in the movies, they're pretending like to make fun of something. or But that's no, that's a real thing. I've seen that. <laughs> like, And one of those is I ended up at like one of those clubs where you're not allowed to go in unless you're a member and you have to be invited in. And I was like, oh, cool. And I walk in and it kind of looked like this, but darker. And everything was stone and like the water coming down. And I was like, and, and I was like, dude, this is where Blade like came to kill all the vampires. And it was like, oh, like, this is like people openly doing coke and shit on the tables. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is like, this really, ha like, back in Campbell at the ultra lounge, this doesn't happen like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. funny because you kind of get like, it gives that like vibe of it. Like, Ooh, you don't know what's going on here. And you're like, Oh, I better go in and check. But it's, you know, the same kind of same hundred people you see everywhere. <laughs> you know, that kind of weird mix, but like, um, it's almost like the gaslighter and Ron's were just, we broke it. They're just cursed to forever be, <laughs> Like that land can never be touched again after us. <laughs> we cursed it with comedy, like, <laughs> and like the um, because I was having a conversation with someone about the gaslighter and like the first night, like I don't know if you know this, but I did not know this the first time um, I showed up. I didn't know that it was like a college, like class kind of thing, mm. like a like a final, you know, cause, okay. um, the woman who ran it, Joni Rogers was a teacher at West Valley college. And right. so when I showed up, like I kind of footed into it in a really odd way. Um, and I kind of want to know how you found the show first, but like, it was just interesting. I showed up and I was like, Oh, none of this is what I thought it, this was going to be. And I think I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm curious, like, how did you, like, if if the Gaslighter, you said the Gaslighter was your first show? Well, I mean, it was among the first. I yeah, probably I think my first memorable. First. I think my was probably because uh, I went through the mm. San Francisco Comedy College. Oh, and yeah. And the, the graduation show was at Roosters that year. Oh, that was, I remember um there being like a big divide between people where people were like oh dude fuck the comedy and you're just like really fuck comedy like what are you mad about What's well people are like paying to like take classes and learn in a comforting environment yeah, uh, gee, i can't imagine writing, why they'd want to do that four weeks of performing <laughs> and then the cool thing is there's actually like a handful of people I took the class with, they're still doing comedy. So, yeah, D Damon Ferguson took it with me. Samson Collector took it with me. Uh, yeah, like yeah. those ended up being some of like people I still talk to, even though I didn't go to the the college. But it's just like there was a, like a weird like 
everybody was so against it. But I was like, but they're all cool. And what are you mad about? I don't. <laughs> and I was just like, well, it's not fair. And like, I don't understand what that means. <laughs> What's what do you mean it's not fair? Because they get stage time. And then like you know after when we did roosters, like we basically started this whole. Yeah. So after the the comedy college, I was like, I can start branching out. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, that's but it kind was of funny. Like, I, I saw a whole <laughs> bunch of people, like, I know, I think, like, Sal Kalani and some others. It was weird because I would see, like, okay, they're still in the comedy college. Like, they would retake it. And yeah. Because I, I don't know if it's just because they really liked that stage time at the end or if there was something about the camaraderie that they liked or I don't know. But. Yeah, I think it's probably a mix of all that because it's like I still like to go back to certain things that like, you know, when I um, like for a great example, actually, I wish I could be there tonight is I think tonight is the ninth anniversary of the Woodhams open mic. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, you know, much love to my boy Pete Munoz for keeping that puppy going because yeah. nine years <laughs> is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't know if you recall this, but like <laughs> I that show a year prior with that guy um, Xander George. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, uh, well, at the Mission Coffee. Yeah, we we started a show there, and boy, was he interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, hey, back then so was I, and still are. Yeah, <laughs> but um, he started the first open mic at Woodham's and it got about two shows deep and got canceled <laughs> because he started a fight with one of the tenant or one of the um, clients that was in there, you know, was hanging out and it, they're just like, don't fucking come back. <laughs> <laughs> so like what's cool about it is like a year later, um, I think it might've even been two or three years later at that point. I had kind of already think moved down to Los Angeles and had kind of moved on and, you know, neither here nor there, but Pete took it and ran with it and he's kept it going. And it's like, it just, I love that it, it's really shows that like you can take something, you know, like that and it's in the right hands. It becomes the right thing. And, <coughs> oh, excuse me. And, uh, kind of getting over this cough here and it just kind of goes to show that like, you know, the, the camaraderie that we built, extends out because now you know where we were kind of cool and and liked to just hang out after shows and chit chat and it really is a frightening thing to kind of jump into because there's there's no rules and nobody really wants to help you so you kind of cling to certain people that are cool and you're like all right you're not going to be a dick right and you're like all right all right cool cool and kind of you know team up just for the sake of things and just you know seeing the same people but that's how it happens and that's how you build your network and and meet your people and then as people kind of branch and go like now being in los angeles i kind of have a unique opportunity now where um and it's kind of cool because i get to share it um and i haven't really gotten to share it yet much with people but i'm working with a media group now who um they produce shows down here and they're not doing comedy yet but they're pretty interested because hmm. of my involvement with the group and um basically they're producing rock shows at the moment and um I've hosted a couple of them um, kind of quietly and it's, I don't like to really be personal as like a comedy show cause it's not, but you know, I am doing some time up front and I 
seconds in between and it's really fun. But what's really cool about it now is that um, in typical fashion, it's just somebody was cool to me. I like to be cool to somebody else and hopefully somebody will be cool to somebody, you know, pass, pass, pass. And now, um, like I got to book Erica Ennis to host one of the shows and oh, nice. she came out and dude, we had a great time and it was great to catch up with her and she was hilarious and audience loved her, you know, everything went, went well. And it's like, it's really cool that now I don't necessarily have to be out there, you know, in the mics and doing it, but I can still kind of produce and help and. So I've moved into this sort of kind of quiet behind the scenes thing that I'm really enjoying now where I'm getting to kind of connect dots for people and create shows. And it's it's cool, like when you're a kid and you're like trying to figure out, oh, shit, where do I go, man? And blah, blah, blah. It's like I kind of wished there were dudes like me around. And that's by design. Like now I want to be that dude that's trying to help somebody get information or share and that's you know was the whole concept of like the bay area comedy network was just i always wanted someone to be cool to me and a lot of people were and that's why i felt almost like a necessity to give back in that regard and be like dude you can't can't leave it better than you know you found or you gotta leave it better than you found it you can't leave it worse and like that mattered to me with um like the south bay comedy scene because that was home and you know, getting to build that out of like the gaslighter and like do your show when you ran shows, which was awesome. And then getting to do stuff with other people that were friends that just went in different directions. And dude, it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, it's such a cool thing to see how far it's come now and, and look back at it. But also after all this time, after kind of stepping away now, you know, getting to be on the back end of it and still, Getting to be involved, but not necessarily having to be. I, I'm kind of cool off the, the shine these days. <laughs> so so for those that don't know, the Bay Area Comedy Network was a, a Facebook group uh, that uh, Dano started. And uh, it was a place where comedians could... Uh, sure. Well, if they wanted to do their show, they could... <laughs> Book, book shows if they had them and find out about shows but um turned into a place of beef over time <laughs> as i knew but, it would <laughs> i think now fact, it ha after dan left it has like eight moderators or something now <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because that all happened on accident like it was just everybody was like you're the devil um <laughs> stop telling me what to do and i was like I just, all I want you guys to do is like help each other get time and like rides. Are you really that mad at me for that? <laughs> but I get well, it, you know, it's like the. Yeah. Well, before the, uh, the, the Facebook group, uh, there was a lot of us using the Yahoo groups uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> comedy board. And the, those were quite, other. <laughs> quite, quite the pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was actually the whole point of creating the, yeah. the board. And I think it even came probably, if I recall right, um, there was a conversation amongst quite a few of us. And you might have even been involved because I think you might have been. And um, I do know that like Butch Escobar was, was a name that sticks out to me. And I do think, you know, maybe um, 
just I'm sure we talked about it and discussed at some point, but there really was it like, dude, we love the people that are we perform with, but we're so sick of getting 200 motherfucking emails <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a day because it wasn't like the Facebook group where you right. check in and you see notifications. You got an email every time somebody posted. Every time. Yeah. And it would be Jimmy Gunn and Justin Scales, who I love both dearly. God rest Jimmy's soul. But they would just, they had nothing to do all day. <laughs> well, then, and then if it wasn't that, it'd just be straight up spam, you know? And you'd be like, who's spamming yeah. the Yahoo group over and over? Yeah. And you're just like, this is insanity. And even though, like, as somebody who is quite admittedly an energy vampire, I do love the beef. I am a meat eater. And I, uh, uh, you know me. <laughs> I, I used to be a connoisseur of cooking beef. And I got out of that game because too much beef is bad for your heart. Uh, but, um uh, popcorn and watching <laughs> yeah I, I i just sit back and i i just drink my my juice you know <laughs> take it in but so it's like people get mad at me and they're like dude it's really funny and i'm like i know i want to like you don't understand like i love it <laughs> i do love it i'm a comedian too like you, <laughs> i'm not some like god if like half of you knew me like how like the people who do know me know that i've like punched on stage i've been followed i've i've had it all you know and i've had some of the craziest stuff because i've been one of i've had one of the biggest mouths i've been disrespectful you know i've been an asshole to people out of sort of this like oh this is comedy and this is what we do and i was like oh no that's not really what we do uh no like you're just being a fucking asshole and I started to see that when I was like, no, this is literally like, this is the physical cost of beef is a thousand emails back and forth. And half of that is what that is. It's not necessarily that people don't like it. It's that people are just sick of seeing the notifications and that I was like, oh, we need to centralize this shit and lock it down enough, enough, just so that we can kind of keep things going and not have some of the same issues. But I mean where the kind of where people would kind of come at me and they were fair is some stuff would be like why are you letting them yell at each other and i'm like oh but it's so good like mm, but you're being a hypocrite i know oh but it's so <laughs> funny and it's really fucking good and you're just like ah mm, oh you're right i'll delete it fuck and then I would get a private message from somebody that I love dearly and I've like been friends with for 20 years and they're just like, you motherfucker. And I'm like, Nazi. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sitting here just marching on your, come on, man. Like really? <laughs> I don't, half the time it would be like, I just got home from work and I got fucking 200 emails and like, I felt like a father who you get home and like the kids are like, oh dude, like the oldest one calls you. Dad, when you get home, it's going to be bad. And you're like, <laughs> fuck. So, like, that's what it started to become. And that's when, like, Matt Gubb, the, the, <laughs> the, the Jesus of comedy stepped in to save me. <laughs> um, 
because I, I really do feel like he's he's the Jesus of the board and I'm the devil. I just kind of quietly sit in the back and I smile and I you know <laughs> just step in to say like a nice thing here and there. But it's like that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm always watching and I'm, I, I do enjoy. Um, and when it's going back and forth, it's like uh, sometimes it's just I'm just going to sit back and, you know, do my thing. But like. What's really cool is the moderators, you know, everybody is like, it's very female heavy, so yeah. it's not toxic um, because women tend not to. I mean, women can be toxic, but in only a way that we really kind of turn them against each other. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> um, but like, what's cool about it is it really is sort of a meeting of um like minds but also separate enough minds that it's sort of democratic and so everything is really sort of worked out and that's what i like about it and i i people think i'm not watching at all but i just kind of quietly sit back and enjoy and you know just watch our our beautiful uh community grow and it's up past like ten thousand members now and i think we hit our 10-year mark um in january of this year so it's like Dude, 10 years, 10,000 members. Like, look at that. Like, yeah. And then all like, just sparked from, like, us chit-chatting, you know? So it's really cool to see. I like when there's a post from somebody or make a statement or something, and then, like, everyone replies, do you even do comedy? Like, no one knows who they are. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just, like, it, it's funny because it does, like, you know, comedians – are an interesting breed because it's like we're so used to being like misfits and alone that we really do like to band up and you know really kind of cling together as a tribe and and we are a tribe because you can't go through some of the things that we've been through together <laughs> without being like a band of brothers and sisters you know like people just don't understand some of the stuff that we've seen and done <laughs> and um and i like that we beat each other up because it keeps each other honest <laughs> and for me like somebody says oh you just like to see fights and you just like that shit you know you're toxic and i'm like no i like to see balance like that's what it is for me it's just they're like whenever you see someone's mouth get just a little too loud everyone goes ah god come you know and it's like <laughs> i kind of like it because it's kind of like that old school bay area before all the technology shit where it was just like kind of a little more working man's bay area the one that we know where it's a little more like if somebody gets a little too flashy or, you know, ah, come on, mother, like, oh, nice shoes. Really, you know, It's just always a little bit of a cut, but it's with love. And like, just like we know that we can rip on each other because it's cool. And, you know, I, I like that. And I, I like the camaraderie of of um, the network because it's like there really is like it reminds me of wrestling where you tune in tonight to see who the bad guy is and <laughs> who the good guy is. And there's some pretty consistent good guys and bad guys and somebody yeah. makes a turn and out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's always exciting. That's <laughs> yeah. the beauty of the Bay area comedy network, baby. <laughs> Sometimes so let's get to some baseball, man. All right. Uh, Cause I know we talked a little bit about our past. Wait, did, but we, so we, yeah, we go back to like officially 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2005. And I'm trying to think, was that the year that the, like what year did the A's go on that 20 game run? 
I think that was O two or O two. I think so. Because I'm just trying to think of like where where baseball was at like when we met because I know that like that's they, kind of a cool. They pairing. had the playoff run in O six where they got Frank Thomas. Yeah, the big hurt baby. <laughs> big, big hurt came back, got 39 home runs, and they beat the Twins. Finally got past yeah. the first round. That was a fun year. <laughs> the Detroit Tigers started kicking our ass on a yearly basis. <laughs> and what sucks is I got a tattoo from my father who's from Detroit. And I swear to God, it's not a Tiger's tattoo. It's just for him. He's His name is Don. It's a D. And it's funny because he's an asshole and we don't speak anymore. So <laughs> careful about the tattoos you get because it might – everyone's like, oh, you're a Tiger's fan. And I'm like, no, I was a Father's fan. <laughs> I was a Padres fan and I'm not anymore. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because it's like I think about like where – like, that's kind of how I equate history is with baseball. So I'm thinking, like, if somebody says the year 1989 to me, that's always yeah. Giants and A's, like, automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know when somebody says kind of, like, 2005, I'm like, oh, what, like, what was going on in baseball that year? That's how I know kind of, like, personal history and, yeah. like, life history. Strangely, I don't know if that kind of works the same I, way for you. I think 05 was when... White Sox beat the Astros, I think. Yeah, that was a weird year. <laughs> that was one of those like, oh, Back we're going to do Astros a, a White Sox thing. Legitimately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the last time they actually put a team together. <laughs> so out of curiosity, um, were you born and raised in the Bay Area? Yeah. Yeah, I was born in Santa Clara and then. Yeah, was in San Jose my whole life until a couple of years ago when I moved to Sacramento. So I'm curious about, like, I'm always curious about people's stories because I have mine. Like, what was your, what was either the moment or the thing that got you, like, because you're, I know you're a diehard Ace fan. Like, what was, if you can recall, like, what the thing was or who the person was or, like, what was it that made you an Ace fan? Uh. It was, I mean, my my family, my my grandpa was a big A's fan, and then uh, two uncles on my mom's side are big A's fans. Um, so I'd go to a lot of games with my uncles, mm. and that, you know, not just A's games, but minor league games. I got introduced to the Stockton ports by them, and that was before oh, Stockton. Cool. That was before Stockton was even the A's affiliate because minor leagues. Oh yeah which teams all the time but, uh, <laughs> yeah, i can't figure out what they want to do <laughs> yeah like, just pick a team but now it's good because they have the 10-year uh contract with the minor league so it's gonna oh, stay yeah. that te that team's affiliate for at least 10 years so that's i like that yeah, um, a little easier to follow because it's like at least you know yeah. what the parameters are yeah it's like oh we're, we're the we're the mariners we're the rockies what happened like <laughs> yeah, you're like oh the fuck it's like when i played in this um probably about five years ago i was playing um in a semi-pro league out here and i was on the mariners and it was funny because i just went out and bought a dan wilson jersey and it worked perfectly mm. fine <laughs> and it was in like a like some bin somewhere and i was like 
oh, there you go, guys. And they're like, motherfucker, we had to go get ours custom made. And I was like, see you around. <laughs> so it was all like you, your so, team were. So I went to games with my uncles. Um, they, I mean, they, my uncle Lanny is a, like, pretty much my best friend not only my mm -hmm. uncle but he's my best friend we go to games That's together cool. all the time uh he's an avid autograph collector he collected mm. every baseball player that appeared in the major leagues autograph on an index card um i think i want to say everyone that debuted starting in like 1954 or something like that he had That's at cool. least one autograph of everybody that's like that's astonishing to me because yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah. Especially with the more recent players, because less and less players sign when you write to them through the mail, less and yeah. less players sign, sign index cards. Cause there's one like story out there saying that there was a, an incident where one signature. So now players are told by their agents not to sign index cards anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have to get those now. Yeah. So, like, uh, as of now, he kind of gave up. He doesn't collect everybody anymore. He still collects a lot, but he's he's like, okay, <laughs> it's pretty much impossible yeah. now. Yeah, and that sucks because like I used to be such a fan of that too. Like that that was a big thing, you know, especially when we were kids. But like for me too, like I remember that was you know pre-internet pre not pre video games because video games were around but that was like pre being able to carry a video game or having anything really at your tips other than a, a baseball card and yeah. um like i remember i don't recall like what the details of it were but like some of the earliest ones where i had those uh this week in baseball cards that you'd put in the thing and then mal allen would be like Oh, this week of baseball is like that <laughs> voice, and you're just like, oh man, yeah. And yeah. It, like that made me fall in love with listening to baseball, like on the radio, or because I, I, you know, you watch it on TV and it's cool, but I tried to explain this to somebody, and they kind of didn't understand until I made them do it. I said, there's something about when your team is in, like, let's say the playoffs, um, and it's either not typically a World Series anymore, but it used to be, you know, but like the playoffs, there would always be a good day game. And, right. um, you know, or an early enough start that you couldn't catch it on TV. So you would pop on the radio or you'd hear it somewhere. You'd be out and you just, you know, bottom of the third and you just, your ear yeah. you know, floats off and you're like, oh shit. And you, like the thing that I loved about that was, it would like it was like attracting flies like that's how you would go and talk to people so yeah you'd hear the baseball game going and you go what's the score oh you start bullshitting with somebody you know and that's how you made <laughs> weird friends and did all that yeah. so it's like that's what i loved about it um and there's still that magic of listening to baseball on the radio and like that's where i made the link was those cards and then putting it in the thing and just because you know, watching it on TV, it was cool. But TV, you know, there's a that disconnect. But then hearing the voice come out of that thing where I couldn't picture what he right. looked like. And just hearing his voice, this is Mel Allen, with that voice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy sounds like he's eight feet tall. And he's not. But <laughs> So it's like that was like part of the magic for me of like the cards was 
Um, you know, the physical thing in your hand that you could, and that's not there anymore. And it's like, ugh. It's such a weird thing to me to have to not have like a physical game have like physical like truly like I mean you get like jerseys but those come and go you know guys come and go but to have something signed and with a specific and the smell of it and when you open it up in the field the gum the gum yes I mean <laughs> like kids today would be like wait you you pulled a piece of gum. Out of pack, <laughs> and you ate it, and there's like a bunch Arr. of, Arr. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, dude. And then like I had like 13 Barry Larkin cards, but I had a lot of gum too. <laughs> or it was so always like somebody you didn't care for. Like I have so many goddamn like Phil Necro cards. Like <laughs> uh, I don't even know who that is. And you're like, he's a legend. And you're like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> he's not Will Clark. <laughs> and then my brother would be like, you're an idiot, dude. Like, what are you doing? That's a Don Sutton. And I'm like, he's got a mullet. I don't know who this guy is. But then you grow up later and you're like, holy shit, that guy was amazing. And <laughs> all through the magic of cards was you like, that's how you learn. Cards on your bicycle spokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it would always be somebody I hate somebody I hated. I was like I'd open up a pack and be like, Mike Sosha, fuck yeah, I'm gonna bend you up. We agree on Mike Sosha to this <laughs> yeah. day. Oh, yeah. And that guy. Still. Still. So it's happy like, when he retired. <laughs> oh yeah. Goodbye. Thank you. Like I have a it's funny because like baseball also gave me like a real like refined it's almost like a fine wine hatred um <laughs> of like you it really makes you learn how to dislike someone like really in the proper way not just like oh you're an idiot or blah 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 but just like no this guy is going to do this move and he's a scumbag so he's gonna work that inside corner and damn near hit this guy and he wants to work you know he wants to kind of Give him a little chin music and work him back because he's an asshole. And it's just like, I can think of the detailed reasons why I don't like you. Like, when you hit a home run, you flip the bat and you put the big old dumb chain on and bounce around. And it's like, round the bags and getting the, you know, like, it's weird how some of that stuff is gone now for yeah. the entertainment value. Like, there used to be like, hey, Get your ass in the fucking, <laughs> unless you hit like a 500 foot home run or did some crazy shit. Get in the goddamn dugout, sit down, don't put your chain on and, you know, do cartwheels and fucking fireworks go off. It's like, it's one <laughs> home run. <laughs> but it's like, that's still kind of the joy of baseball. I kind of love some of the theatrical stuff that they had added, but I, I miss some of the natural aspect of that, like the cards and, you know, because it's like when you show up to a game now, what do you have somebody sign? What's in your pocket? Like, I mean... I mean, you, there are still baseball cards. It's just they're like $300 a box. And yeah. during, during COVID, they, they became more popular because, you know, nobody was doing anything. So they started collecting. Target oh, had, see, that's cool. Target had to restrict when they even sell cards during the day. Like you had to come into really? the store between like 7 and 8. And that was the only time you could buy cards. Dude, I did not know. See, that makes yeah. me happy because like. That's kind of like how a lot of people were shocked by the um, the physical resurgence of um, 
vinyl. So yeah. like me being a musician, like that was like, oh, it's so cool. And me, like, it's that same thing. Like I can tell you exactly why it's different and why it's a different feeling and why it matters to me. Right. And it's the same thing with a baseball card. It's like, dude, so many cool different aspects to it. And then, you know, if there's a misprint and you're the only one that has that, like, <laughs> you have the Bill Ripken fuckface card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, I, I love that. All that. Like I was actually just in a collector shop um, the other day and um, it kind of made me sad because I looked around and I was like, damn, I don't see any cards out here. It's all um, like figurines and, you know, toys and collectibles, which is cool. But um, the one thing they had, which I was like, oh, if I had the money, but why is it so much money? I, I ugh, jerks was they had the uh, the old Jose Canseco. Um, uh, oh, I forget what the the brand was, but it was those really popular sports figures. Oh, starting starting lineup. Yes, the starting lineup figures. Um, I was like trying to think. I was like, I know it's like a baseball card. Um, they had the starting lineup figures and they had the Jose Canseco with the gray. Uh, like that's my favorite uniform in all of sports, all of sports above any giants uniforms, above warriors, Raiders, anything like anything classy. My favorite uniform is that 89 away Oakland A's uniform with, uh, the beautiful Oakland script and just, that shade of green and that yellow. And there was just something about that look that was like, ah, uh, like that was my favorite shit. And that's what the figure was. And I was like, dude, ah, uh. but the guy was asking a lot of money for it. And I was like, uh, I can't show a Seiko toy. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, but I do like, um, I do kind of, I makes me the card aspect is coming back because I think that's what's kind of happened like with COVID is like, there's this really weird, I know I felt it. I don't know if you did this sort of shift back to like, I need real shit in my life again. Like being home was a little too weird for me. Like I kind of felt like I need to go back outside. I, I need to go back to feeling things, you know, get my feet in the sand. And, and part of that was like, I really miss going to a ball game and like as old man as this sounds keeping score uh cracking open a good bag of seeds and like truly i don't like i can live without the beer now i need to but um just like truly sitting back and not checking my phone not i know um one of my favorite things about um Going back to uh, kind of like being out at the Coliseum, um, which I was going to ask about because I haven't been to an A's game in a while. You know, I'm living out here. Um, it's been kind of hard to get home. But something I'm curious about, which I noticed was I don't see the drummers out there anymore at the Coliseum. No, they're still there. They're still there? Okay, cool. They're still there. I wasn't yeah. sure because I was like, it's kind of weird when <laughs> – um, Astro fans hate them. Yeah, Astro fans asked their announcers if there was something wrong with their broadcast because the drums were so loud in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that so much. Like, that's atmosphere. Like, that makes the game so much right. fun. Yeah. Like, 
You don't get Tahada chant. That was great. Yeah. Like yeah. dude, dude Ace Games. <laughs> like to this day, Marco Scudero is like, oh, that's that's yeah. my guy. Yeah. Absolutely my guy. And it was one of those things where I felt like such a a creep when <laughs> when they won the 2012 World Series, and I was like, we got Marco, we got Barry, yeah, you know, it feels good. It feels a little weird on the other side where you're like, motherfuckers, like with the Giants, I'm happy for them, but with the Giants, ugh, all right, not the <laughs> Giants, you know. Like I could, like my A's brain is like, yeah, I'm sure the A's fans are like. Well, I'm happy for you guys, but everybody Scudero else. Scudero has the classic A's moment of hitting the home of Mariano Rivera to win. Yes, the game. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Pulled it, and I think it hit the foul pole. <laughs> yeah, like there were some absolute amazing um, moments that I caught in Oakland Coliseum. Like I was at. It's funny because when you really like meet other diehards and other people that really know, like, and have been paying attention, like, you remember moments like that. And it's cool to share that. And that's one of the things that I love about talking with people that, you know, pay attention and follow it, you know, as much as. And I don't follow it as closely in recent years. Just, um, you know, life happens and it just sort of is what it is. But, um, like, for me, one of my all-time favorites was I was actually here uh, at the I was in um, the Coliseum and um, it was the year I, I don't even remember who they were playing but I fell asleep in the game because it was hot I was hung over already from the night before I was with my sister and uh, Frank Thomas came up and I think it was in the tenth inning and hit a walk off and I was dead fucking asleep. <laughs> I was just sitting there like, and it was so funny because it's like um, you know as a baseball fan we have our guys that we like that aren't on our team you know it's just you love them just as a player and just and Frank Thomas was always a guy that I loved because I think for me um, it was sort of the Mark McGuire thing like I always liked the big buff first baseman <laughs> So that was always my look of like a first baseman was he was supposed to be this mountain and yeah. like hit the, you know, 800 foot home run and throw the bat, you know, over the water and just, yeah. And like, that's what I grew up watching. So I love Frank Thomas and seeing him just crush it. And I fell asleep through him hitting a goddamn walk off in Oakland, me sitting there, one of my favorite players of all time. And I'm asked out three sheets to the wind and I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh. It's like that's the beauty of baseball too, because you can miss a moment like that. Yeah. While you're there, you can have your back. Yeah. The, you know the, I hardly ever leave a game early to go somewhere else. Like, and if I do leave early, it's because I want to go to another game. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time I really leave early. Yeah. Um, but like, you're like, dude, even like, when you're losing, you know, ten nothing, he's like, you never know. Like, you never know. Why I not saw, stay? You know. <laughs> like, last year, I was at a Stockton Ports game, and I mean, it's but they were down like twelve runs after the fifth inning. Thought no way they're gonna win, but they won. <laughs> yeah, like, Damn. dude, and that's the magic of baseball. Is like 
Yeah. Actually, that for me, that's a big thing. Is like there's no, there's no running out the clock. You got to get all the outs. You got to all twenty-seven, and there's, um, there's no getting around certain things. Like you gotta eventually face every guy and have that lead into this question. Then, uh, how do you feel post runner rule that's now in extra innings for the last few years? And it was supposed to be gone. And then they're like, actually, we're going to still bring it back. Cause of- yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm torn on it because it's like, it does make it interesting. Right. And, um, and I, I'm, as a small ball guy, I like it. Um, right. Because I kind of like the ability, but I also think, because then- it can get a bit long in the tooth to watch somebody try to manufacture runs into like the 15th inning. <laughs> But then even with the ghost runner, it seems like nobody's bunting still. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody just wants to have the big hit and the big right. exciting finish. <laughs> Whereas like I would be that guy that if we're up, like I know it's unacceptable, but if we're up and I can bunt to get on, like that's kind of my mindset is I'm a small ball guy. Or right. if you're going to, like I would also be the type I'm a switch hitter. So whenever, when I played, I was the type who I could bat either way. And sometimes I would bat lefty on lefty or righty on righty because I liked kind of fucking with the mindset of somebody to like, well, why is he doing this? This doesn't make sense. Right. But I knew that because I didn't pick up the ball well, I could go the other way better. And so um, they'd play me because I had, I had an open stance, so I was really hard to um, either left or right. And I'd pull the ball down the line really easily. Um, and I did that on purpose because I liked the open stance. And I kind of liked rocketing the fucking ball at the third baseman. And he's like, holy shit, it's just as hard as I can, you know. And it's like, <laughs> um, that was always fun for me to, like, try to get the double. And then, the like, because I liked the rhythm of and that's what i would pay attention to with the teams that would always win and it's sort of how i began to true story i accurately predicted seven world series in a row champions at the onset of the playoffs and it was all from me studying each team's momentum and matchups and just paying attention so and it was all through it started with paying attention to the giants um in 2010 because I just had this weird, like, I don't know. There was just something about the way, like, whenever a team has to fight the last month or two of the season, they've got that fighting mentality. They've already been playing playoff baseball. And so you really run into, like, these buzzsaws where you're like, how can a team that won 105 games lose to a team that won, like, 90? And it's like, the team that's been, you know, that 190 games has been playing hard ass baseball for three months. And these other guys have been chilling. And it's like, I started to pay attention to those things in kind of the, the system, but the teams that are just so consistent are the ones that not a lot of home run. I mean, they, they do have hit home runs, but it's really manufactured more through situations where it's like pressure put on and it's just from good small ball working, you know, working the lines on a shift or hitting the gaps when, you know, they're hugging the lines. And it's like those teams that really focus on that. It's why an Ichiro was such a goddamn annoying out Uh because (laughs) he wasn't trying to hit a home run necessarily. It just kind of happened. 
like three times, but it happened. <laughs> He'd already be at first base by the time it went out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, like, that's what I love about it. And I like, I tried to explain to a girlfriend once I was like, you don't understand that baseball is human chess. And it truly is like a matter of, even though there is the physical, you know, the physical aspect of it, it's routine. It's habit. You have to know what you're doing and you have to do it routinely. And you have to know when you're out of routine or when something's out of balance, there is so much going on in here where, you know, you give credit to where a football is a lot of strategy and, you know, basketball is the same way. It is a lot of that, you know, motion. And that's what I love about it is that, if your shoulder gets hurt and you're a little out of sync, that can throw your season off. And knowing that you can accurately think about what's going to happen and what's coming up and be like, Ooh, yeah. Muncie, you know, he, he kind of had that last, uh, that last run of the season on a bad knee. I don't know how well he's going to do in the playoffs. And you think about the chess moves of like, well, Muncie's not feeling well. He's a big bat. They might use him later innings. Let's bring in some guys with some energy see how we do burn some innings and then we'll bring Muncie in in a big moment when we need him. And it's like, you start to pay attention to those strategies. Like I, and I hate the Dodgers, but I just have to watch a lot of Dodger baseball because I live in Los Angeles now, <laughs> but there's nothing better than getting to study your enemy from up close. Cause it's like, it's really enjoyable to watch and just truly get to know a team without loving them because it's like, I don't have to like you and I don't, I'm not bought into like the aura and I can see we're like, Oh, these guys are going to be fucking great. I knew they were going to win in 2020. Cause I was like, they've got a certain momentum to them and they've, they've hit a certain stride and they do have certain lucky things on their side, you know, that <laughs> I'm not, not a foot to, you know? So it's like, I love all of that, all of that aspect to it. And it's like, I, I'm fascinated by a brain like yours because I know you pay very close attention to those things and study those things as well. And it's where, you know, it's where you get the wavelength of why it's such a beautiful and special game. Speaking of your enemy, the Dodgers, explain the photo that you've taken. Uh, <laughs> pretty popular photo, I know, amongst baseball fans, except maybe Dodger fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're the lone fan in a group of blue, and yes. uh, given the per I'll try to put it up on the YouTube for those watching. So, <laughs> yeah, I um, I actually that was a fun night because I routinely go to to Giants Dodger games, and I do wear my jersey and I do wear my hat. Um, but the thing is that like, what people don't understand is that like as a when you're a baseball fan, you respect the house. You respect the the other team. You respect what you're there for. You know, you, you like, I love Dodger Stadium, if I'm being honest. You know, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place to see a game. I remember as a kid seeing Giants games or A's games, and they're playing in L.A., and I'd be like, oh, man, I would love to be there. It looks so cool. Fuck that dump, but it looks so cool to be there, you know? So it's – um when I moved here, I was like, I finally get to go. And my first game was Giants and Dodgers, and I didn't plan it that way. It was just, um, I was working for Yahoo at the time. And uh, my first week there, they were like, hey, um, we're doing an event. And we're, we're uh, taking a, 
one of the uh, charter buses out to Dodger Stadium, and we're going to go see Giants and Dodgers. And it's free tickets. You know, all you got to do is sign up. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'd never been to Dodger Stadium, like, inside and seen a game um, until I moved here in 2012. And which is kind of shocking because, like, I'd been to Anaheim and I'd been to other places. But just I didn't know anybody that had the balls to go to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Um, so I rolled up in there and I was like, well, this is, you know, this is a uh, – a nice safe atmosphere but i'm also admittedly not always the nicest and safest guy myself <laughs> <laughs> so i kind of have a little bit of like a chip like all right you know i think i'll be okay because everyone's like "Ooh, dodger stadium are you afraid oh, no. and i was like yeah you know small part of you you're not stupid you're like there's fifty-five thousand people <laughs> yeah. around you that don't like you <laughs> and it's not even a they don't like you and the minute like you're coming up from under you know the, the bleachers and you walk up and i sat where this hurt my feelings and this was my official like oh i'm gonna have this kind of relationship with this place we're walking up and 100 percent true story i look at my seat and i'm kind of i'm like wait where are seats and my buddy that I'm with, I'm like, wait, where are we sitting? And he's like, we're sitting in right field. And I was like, okay. And we get a few things. And I was like, sex, shit. I sat right where motherfucking Kirk Gibson hit that goddamn home run. Ah. And I cried when that happened when I was a child. Like, I, I didn't understand. I was like, I don't get it. The Dodgers aren't supposed to win. Like, it's the fucking A's. Yeah. Like, I remember Mark McGuire, like, I remember his face walking off and just being like, wow, that guy really did that, huh? And just, I remember being like, I don't get this. Like, this is bullshit. This is not what's supposed to happen. But, like, that was my introduction to, like, that's why they play the game. Like, anything can happen. And that's the yeah. beauty and magic of getting your heart broken in sports is you could be on the other end of that, too. And um, so I, I, I sat up there and I was just surrounded by people in blue. And I was like, well, what better way to start my, my journey here than to just, and I kind of leaned back and I didn't tell the people behind me what I was doing either. I just held up my phone and like, probably you can't see all of them cause it's not, you know, a very large picture, but you can see over my one shoulder for those that haven't seen it yet, or will see it on the YouTube. There's one guy just going, give me the finger. And the other guy is yelling like it it looks like he's saying boo he's like he's just going boo and it looks like he's being fun but he's literally yelling fuck you asshole like at the top of his lungs like right into my ear and it's so loud that i'm like ah! but i've got so i made this face like ah! i'm kind of like laughing and there's like some woman in the very back who's like and everybody's <laughs> just so mad that i'm just like ah! <laughs> And it's hilarious because like people ask me now, they're like, dude, you know, you've, you've gone out to the games a lot. Like, what would you say is your experience? Um, like going to Giants games and Dodger games in Dodger stadium. And I'm like, dude, honestly, like I've, I've never had so much fun in a baseball game because like you get to be the like eighties wrestling villain who like walks out 
is like the curtain opens and you walk out and you don't think that they're booing you. You just walk out and you're just like, just, I'm a dude walking to my seat with my beers. Why, why would yeah. anybody be mad at me? <laughs> and you turn around and there's an entire section of people, <laughs> probably like a thousand people that are screaming at you. But like, <laughs> they're kind of like, they have smiles on their faces and they're kind of laughing. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. And, um, they're like big frightening dudes that like run up and go boo like into your face. But like nobody's ever, I had one time where people got tried to get physical with me and they were like throwing popcorn and stuff. And actually the Dodger fans had them kicked out, which was cool. So I actually have like a, a place in my heart for Dodger fans because a, I know that, um, you know, they love A's fans and ace fans love dodgers fans in a weird way <laughs> and i i i kind of like that you know like it's i i i kind of i look at it as like the triad like the trifecta of like my heart like i live in los angeles i love it here um you know i'm a giants fan but like i i truly love the a's like that's like the the giants are my team but the a's are my passion like because they're the fun one to watch and like they're the ones that you know you root for because you want to see him win and then the giants go out and they're like yeah let's go buy a fucking guy and like see what happens and he sucks and you're like oh that's cool so why did we go get daryl strawberry and then why did we pick up fucking carlos beltran and why why like uh and then on the a's side of things it's like why are we why are we getting rid of this guy like what is it i still don't get it and it still breaks my heart. Like this off season, uh, yeah. broke my heart again. <laughs> and it's like, dude, how are we? How are we supposed to feel? <laughs> What's funny is you can kind of, as an A's fan, you can kind of filter out who follows the team really close and who doesn't yeah. when the big trades happen, uh, yeah. especially this off season. Facebook posts saying, Oh, we traded Matt Olson. I'm no longer following this team. Or I was like, Even following them? Because yeah. if you were, you knew he was rumored to be traded. Like, yeah, and Chapman <laughs> were going to be gone without a doubt. Like, so yeah, I don't like think you, you were really following them. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, that's, that's so funny. It is a true statement. Like, because on the giant side of things, like, people are like, Oh, we lost Chris Bryant. Ah! And you're like, yeah, I mean, like I kind of saw, you know, I know he gushed about the thing, but I know that they didn't want to pay the price. And, you know, he's on the older side and yeah, I, I could kind of see that. And, you know, when you when you pay attention and even loosely, you kind of know what's going on and you can kind of yeah. tell. And, um, that's also how I knew something big happened because I have been um, traveling a lot lately and all of a sudden I heard people going fucking A's. And I was like, <laughs> uh, like the bat signal went up. I was like, what happened? And I looked and I was like, yeah, okay. All right. It's just, this is what we do. Did, all right. Did you see well, yesterday? What? Or no. Bays and I Padres. Did. Okay. So Sean Mania gets traded to the Padres yesterday. And he was supposed to start the game against the Padres. <laughs> And he ends up starting for the like uh, an hour or two after he got traded. <laughs> uh, 
And how did he do? <laughs> you know, he actually fared pretty well in spring training where you can take a pitcher out in the middle of an inning. Yeah. Like if he's getting roughed up, you can take him out of that situation, bring in another pitcher, and then have him come back in. So yeah, they, did that. Like that they took him out. They took him out in the third. He got a standing ovation from everybody because, yeah. you know, he, he was just on our team. <laughs> yeah, an hour ago. <laughs> but then everyone thought that was it. And then he comes back out in the fourth inning and pitches some more. And we're like, oh, we have to give this guy uh, another ovation. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right. You're back. All right. Look, this guy's amazing. Jesus. It's his show tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. That's so fucking funny. Ah, oh, like, what a strange and like, what are you supposed he to do? Just as a walks player? across the field. And he's like, "Well, you got a uniform." Yeah. Thanks, man. What are you about? He's still his green. He's still his green A's glove, like his custom A's glove. Oh. So it looks kind of weird. He's got this green with the brown, and it's like, oh no. Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, a little too much. <laughs> Green and brown is like when you start to get to like a barfy, <laughs> not barf mixture of things. And ugh. what a like, what an awkward situation. <laughs> like it, like it kind of reminds me of um, when I went to spring training and saw the Giants and the Indians, and it was a year that Jason Giambi had just joined the Indians, and it was so strange to see like him come from New York. <laughs> I mean, it's the Yankees. This is New York. You're in the big apple, the center of everything. And then when the giants pulled in and I, I didn't get to go to Scottsdale. I went to, um, I think it's Goodyear park where, um, uh, the reds share with, um, the Indians. I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we're out there. We're just like, we're hanging out in the grass. And it was my first time out there. And it was just awesome. And I see the Giants pull up. And we're talking like double-decker buses. Looks like Led Zeppelin's coming in. Like, <laughs> thing opens up. The gate. And this, you know, tour bus pull in. And you're like, Bono! Like, oh, my God. And, you know, out comes Hunter Pence and Bumgarner and all, you know. Here comes, you know, Buster Posey and everybody's screaming and shit. And then I look over and I was like, what is that? And I look and I see this city bus pull out onto the, <laughs> onto the warning track and psh, the doors open up. And like out comes Jason Giambi and he just kind of looks around. And I was just like, this is the strange, <laughs> the strangest disparaging, like, because you're just so used to showing up to a stadium and both teams walk out. <laughs> and it feels fair and equal. Like, you don't really notice, like, a team's got more money than another team. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it was just such, like, an awkward situation because, I mean, I've seen that guy play around the world and... I've seen him like come out of all these different situations, you know, seen him in a, a, in Oakland leaving, you know, in his like whatever car. And then here he is getting off the city bus with his bat over his shoulder and his glove on it. You know, just like, it looked like a league of their own. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> and like, I've always wanted to be at like a game where something strange happened. And like, that was the closest thing I had to it, where it was just like, I never saw anything truly interesting in baseball, like physically. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I saw like records, but I never saw any like of the weird stuff like I wanted to see. I was always a little disappointed by that. <laughs> like I, I know I've been talking a lot, but I have to tell this story because it's amazing, and it's um, it's about why you don't come late for a game or leave early. And it was I always wanted to see a fight. Like that was always my thing. Between players. And, yeah, <laughs> I always wanted to just see a fucking huge brawl. Like I just wanted to see it go down. I've seen a lot of fights in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I went to um, 2017. I, w- I went to Giants and A's um, spring training at the Coliseum, and I had some friends with me from LA, and they were just like, "Wow, this place is interesting." And I said, "Yeah, this is the best." And they're like, "Uh, I don't know. The Giants Stadium looks pretty nice." And I was like, "No, but this is the Coliseum. This is like this is baseball." And they're just like. Okay, and I said, you know what the best part's going to be? Sometime throughout the game, um, there's going to be two people fighting, and they're not going to be opposite, like, fans. It'll be fans of the same team at some point. I was like, it's Oakland. And sure enough, fourth inning, we're all sitting there, we're just enjoying the game, and the girls I was with, they're like, oh, the guys are so cute, and the butts, and blah, blah, blah. And then you just hear that, like, that old familiar sound of, like, oh, 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 oh. And then everyone's like, <laughs> turn it. oh, shit, there it is. And you turn around and you look, and you just see these two cholas just <laughs> both had their A's jerseys on. And you're like, Oakland, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been great if it was Conseco and McGuire jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a you rat. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. <laughs> It was just so fucking perfect. <laughs> like, that's what I love about, like, going to um, the Coliseum is, like, you. there is, like, Giants games, you know, they still are nasty, you know, if you go to the right ones and sit in the right places. But, like, um, even, like, it's something about the Coliseum specifically. Because <laughs> I used to uh, have season tickets to the Raiders. And... It's very much an Oakland thing, <laughs> like an Oakland Coliseum thing. But like, um, I think one of my favorite things. Level up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing. Like, that's where I learned the whole like fans fighting each other at the Coliseum thing. Because like, we had my buddy and I. We went in on second row, right behind the visitors bench, um, and it was amazing. Like you're you know practically on the field and um the opposing team was right in front of you so like one of the games i went to um i got to go a lot of the rivalry games because his mom was too afraid to go because she was like oh dude it's just too much like so i got to go to like bronco games and 49er games and just wild shit um but we whenever we would go the cheerleaders were right next to us and You'd see like these drunk dudes come wandering down and take pictures. Hey, baby! Yeah! And then you'd see like some other guy come down. Yeah, mama! Woo! And then they'd bump into each other and they'd be like, come on, man! And then the whole section just fucking goes up and you're just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, I just, I just want to watch the game. <laughs> you got fucking dudes falling on you and you're like, hey! <laughs> Beer going everywhere. Yeah. And then, 
somebody decides to be an asshole and throw something to be funny, so like you just get pegged with like a fucking apple, and you're like, God, I hate Raider fans, but I love it. Like it's just such <laughs> beautiful fucking chaos. <laughs> and like one of the absolute best was, I caught this one, and then I'll tell you about what I missed. Was, um, it was a dollar, <laughs> one of the dollar dog nights at the Coliseum. And it was when they used to do, it was a dollar dog, dollar ticket, dollar parking. And I don't remember what era this was, but it had to be like 08 or 09. It was during one of the like, we'll do anything to get people out here years. And (laughs) I just remember hearing this like ruckus from center field. And I was like, what's going on out there? Oh, there's a fight. Yeah. But it was the entire section. Everybody had just fucking gone crazy. They went ham with the hot dogs. <laughs> and they were just all throwing them at each other. So you just saw the entire bleachers was just hot dogs flying in every fucking wow. direction. And we were laughing so hard. And everybody was having like the best time. And I was like, dude, this would never happen at a Giants game. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll probably never hear about this in reality because they don't want to advertise that this is happening right, right. now. Because it's just kind of like chaotic it's almost like the disco riots <laughs> but it's just like the great hot dog war of 08 where everyone's just fuck you <laughs> and we were even kind of getting into it too and you're like ah oh, this is awesome but like like dude like missing stuff like that is like why you you stick around just in case because like <laughs> i remember being so mad at my mom and dad um we showed up in the third inning of uh of a day game and I was with a friend who he reminded me of this story recently, actually. I kind of forgot details, but we show up in the third inning and it was um, the A's and the Royals. And we wanted to see Bo Jackson because I was a Raider fan. Um, so I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to be amazing. Bo Jackson, fucking George Brett. Oh, this is going to be wild. Fucking Mark Gubaza. You know, idiot. <laughs> and then like... Um, I remember like we showed up in the third inning late and we had really great seats. We were like third row, um, first base side. So I was like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to see Mark McGuire up close. He was like, ah. like McGuire and Will Clark were like my heroes. So I was so pumped and we get there and nobody I recognize. Is, uh, I was like, wait, fucking Ron Hassey's on the field? What's going on here? Where's Where's Terry Terry Steinbach? (laughs) Why is Hassey on the field? And I look and I see um, I don't even recall um, I think it actually was 89 now that I think about it because I know that the Batman movie was out and that came in yeah, that came out in 89 because we had seen it like I think that morning and I think that's why we were late Um, the Michael Keaton Batman movie dating myself but that day (laughs) we showed up late because we'd gone to the movies and um nobody's on the field and i'm like what the fuck dude and like no even mike gallego what the fuck is going on (laughs) like they don't sit everybody what's going on tonight (laughs) or today and um some dude turns around and he goes what do you mean what's going on i was like where is everybody and he goes did you just get here and i'm like yeah and he's like Oh, buddy, there was a massive brawl in the second inning and everybody got fucking tossed. Oh, shit. 
They literally <laughs> just restarted the game like 10 minutes ago. And I was like, damn. no, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I missed all of my players. And then I missed what the one thing I wanted to see. And I still haven't seen one. The only thing close was when I was at the game where Mad Bum threw it fucking Yasiel Puig's feet and they uh, just <laughs> push a little show, but you know, but yeah. like, that's how, like, I always wanted to see that. And that sort of excitement is what always led me to like, I kind of want to get into the bleachers and do crazy shit. And like, that's what led to that photo was, huh. um, I just like being out in the middle of the chaos. And as long as you kind of respect and just stay cool with, the people around you and you know we're all there for the same reason we just grew up in different cities yeah. you know it's really what it is and like that's what i love about it is in the end like every time i've ever walked out of dodger stadium every single dude that i sat next to was like hey man have a good night yeah like i will say it gets a bad rap like with you know they talk about oh you know this dude got got his ass beat outside and it's like well Let's be real about Giants fans for a minute. <laughs> Talk a lot of shit and don't always know what they're talking about. And, you know, sometimes that's that is the key, I think, to being a fan of any team and going anywhere in this world is just, you know, respect the house and you'll be fine. And, yeah. You know, I I love Dodger Stadium. I love going to games there. And one of the most fun I ever had was I went and saw A's and Dodgers there. I think it was 2018. And I wore my Dennis Eckersley shirt and everybody bought me beer. Everyone was like, nice shirt. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, nice shirt, buddy. No, really. I love it. (laughs) And like, what was like my favorite thing of the night was um, we were going down to buy beers and some guy goes, oh, he's in his Dodger jersey. Oh, bro. Come here, bro. (laughs) I was like, and he, he gives me a hug and he goes, that Eckersley moment, man. I'm like, I, and I told him I cried as a child. And he goes, you're crying now as an old man. Like, <laughs> I still feel you, bro. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. And, he, and he's like, come on, man, let me buy you a beer. These guys bought me beers and they, uh, we had tacos and we had like such a fun time. And, um, at the end of the night, um, it was really cool. Cause like, we all kind of like, oh, all right, man. All right. This was really fun. And like the the A's lost, and so they're just like, "Hey, man, sorry, it's got to be like this, but you know, it's, it's life, yeah. you know, A's and Dodgers, you know, it is what it is." But he's like, "But you know what, man? All that matters is fuck the Giants." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know what's funny is, is to be honest." And I reach into my pocket and I pull out my keys. I said, "I'm actually just a massive Giants fan, but I appreciate all the beers tonight." And he was like, "Fuck you, motherfucker." And I was like, <laughs> That's awesome. Have a great night, guys. And he was like, "All right, man. All right, that's cool." <laughs> and like, we had a great time. And you know, just like any time I've ever been out there, it's just been as long as you're cool. Like they know who's who's being an asshole and who's being disrespectful. And that's Oakland too. Like any yeah, yeah. any stadium you roll into, they're the guys looking for a fight. You you avoid those guys. They're pretty easy to avoid. You don't you don't make eye contact. You just move about your business. And you know. I've been that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple beers and you get weird. Like um, when I got nearly asked to leave the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> wow. That was a good time. International, Dana. <laughs> yeah, we, we went international, you know. Bonjour. 
<laughs> I was at the um, the uh, uh, the Netherlands because Dutch guy had to had to represent my team, even though it's like really Dutch baseball. <laughs> Really, but you'd be surprised. Andrew Jones is on the team for oh, some okay. reason. <laughs> I'm sure it's got something to do with some horrific colonial uh, <laughs> reasons why half the team is not white and not even close to white. But <laughs> his, his son's going to get drafted in the next draft. I think next That's going to be, be interesting. Because, like, dude, like, I, I am loving watching, even though he's Padres, like, Tatis Jr., like, I'm – like, I love seeing this newer generation of, like, the next. Yeah. Um, of, like, guys that I loved when, not even as a kid, but just, like, recent years. Like, you know, last 20 years. Like, you're starting to see. Like, it was crazy to, because I was a big, big, big um, Cecil Fielder fan as a kid. So, it was really cool to watch Prince Fielder. But, like, now with him gone, it's sort of like, oh, am I that old? <laughs> <laughs> well, in your defense, Prince had an injury and had to retire early, so... <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> Give us that much. <laughs> but it's just kind of cool to see, like, that next turnover and see the new um, the new generation of guys coming up that are, you know, sons and yeah. you know, whoever well, of... Well, this season will be interesting because on the Royals, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. made the club. Ooh. And unlike his dad, he's not a pitcher. He's shortstop so there's Hmm. expectations for him to win rookie of the year we'll see really yeah wow i'm gonna keep an eye on that because i wait you said he was with the royals he's with the royals yeah i like that because i'm starting to now that like i kind of i haven't really gotten sucked into um like any of the like I don't do fantasy baseball or, or DraftKings or any of that, but yeah. I've really gotten more interested in paying attention to farm systems. Um just and not even like somebody would say that's the dorkiest thing I've ever heard, but it's like, no, actually like I'm really curious about what like just as somebody who is a fan of the game in terms of watching trending, like I I pay attention to how my team builds, but I don't pay attention to how they grow and that's something that i would find fascinating and something that like i've always been you know i've always had kind of a deep respect of like your interest in in farm systems and you know seeing giraffes and like i i've never paid attention to that much and it's weird because it's like i know who gets drafted in football and i don't care that much but yet baseball is my favorite sport and i pay zero attention to the draft and i'm like why have i never done that like, why have I never, I would be probably fascinated by it if I just took the time to give a uh, shit. And, part of it's also on ML, the draft ever really. And it, I mean, yeah. it only got televised recently. So, and they, yeah. only tele- they only televise the first round. They don't televise, you know, anybody else. And, yeah. Like I want to see some of the later stuff, like, cause those end up being the guys like, okay, even in football, you show me the first round, you know, maybe the second, but how many of those names are you really going to see five years from now, you know, 10 years from now. And that's where I'm fascinated by like a late round pickup who might end up being the next closer or um, like the key areas that I always am like my personal favorite, which 
like if I were to build a team, my areas of focus that just me as a fan, I would want to see is like, I'm always about like a great bullpen, um, like really solid, like setup closer combo has always just been like my favorite thing to watch. Just two guys come in and just absolutely clamp and just like, I love great pitching, but at the same time, it's, it's really becoming apparent to me how like you can really watch a team play defense and absolutely dominate. And like, in a way that you're just like, God, like watching um, some of those old giants teams from the mid, like the early 2010s, um, you know, the 2010 team, but even like through the years they didn't win the world series, like every game was like fucking two to one, three to one. And you're just like, it's such a grind, but at the same time, it's like watching a beautiful fight where you just watch this guy just choke a guy out and submit. And you're not getting the big, beautiful knockout and the big crazy thing, but you're just getting like, you're like, wow, this is like, these guys dominated these dudes today. And it was just, it wasn't home runs. It wasn't all the big flashy shit. It's just, they fucking threw that ball right down their throats and those guys couldn't do a damn thing about it. And when they did get ball to, you know, bat, like watching a beautiful defense is truly like, to me, like now, um, it used to be about watching home runs and shit. And I, I was out there for all the Barry Bond stuff and, you know, yeah. chase that. I was actually in Oakland when he hit 714. Hey, uh, me too. Yeah, that was awesome. I was in the bleachers too. What were you I, in I left didn't field catch or right field center? <laughs> I was in left field. Oh, you were in left field? Yeah. I was out in right field. Um, I wasn't far from where he hit it, but I was over by where like the Al Davis torch is at right. um now. Or where it used to be. <laughs> so pretty deep out there, like right where the um that opening was. But yeah, I was there too. Yeah. <laughs> and it was he like, would do it against us. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. I was like, there was a little bit of a, like, (laughs) he kind of hit home plate and he kind of looked around like, you will, you will cheer for me and you will respect (laughs) me. And I'm like, if I was not a Giants fan, I would want you to fucking die. (laughs) But thank God you're on my team because I get to root for you because I love a good villain. (laughs) And he was a great villain. (laughs) All right. So I think we got to wrap things up here. Cool. Um, uh, so one, I guess two more things. Uh, do you have any like big predictions as far as the baseball season this year goes? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I do well predictions like when I've had a chance to see things right up front. It's always difficult because of the, you know, the, the stuff that's hard to, you know, the, the variables or the invariables, whatever the words are. But I, I don't see the giants winning the world series. I know that's a lot of things like people are like, <laughs> oh, you said don't see him making the playoffs. And I was like, wow, even with 12 playoff teams now. So, well, with 12 playoff teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't even necessarily see them being a one seed um, like they were last year. I think they overachieved a bit and I think that's always great, but I think, Whenever you see an overachieving team, you see them sort of sophomore slump a little bit. It's like they got, you know, things vibed well, but you, what it's really about is adapting. 
and you know it's mm-hmm. kind of as things come and go it's plugging and playing and i think that's where um kapler's been really smart about having a good rotation of guys who can play various different positions and you know really providing yourself with a deep bench but the fucking dodges are just so good and they're just so deep but i don't see them winning the world series either like there's a there's just another one of those like uh you know, even though Atlanta lost Freeman, I just have a weird feeling about like one of those either central teams or East teams. Like I don't want to see another Cardinals championship, but I just have a feeling of one of those weird, like one of those teams that you didn't really think like last year, it was too much giants and Dodgers. And now someone else is going to sneak up and take it. And, and I don't see it being an Astros. I don't see it being a, um, I don't see it being a Yankees. I got, but the Blue, I got the Blue Jays winning it all. I'm not mad at that because they've been putting they've been putting together some really good teams for a long time, and they're due for some magic. So I'm I'm interested to circle back to that prediction. I could see maybe I could go crazy here um, if I had to piggyback off you a tad. Provide you with a National League team, I'd say maybe. I don't want to say Dodgers, Blue Jays, because that feels too obvious. But I think it would probably be the safe bet. Maybe a Dodgers, Blue Jay uh, World Series, USA, Canada, <laughs> top and uh, bottom of the pond. <laughs> yeah. What about National League? Who do you think? Who feels like they're going to take I mean, the flag this year? I think Dodgers are the obvious pick in the National League, but I still I mean, I still think the Braves should be good. Yeah. I mean, you it's, replace Freeman with Olsen, it's not I think it might even be an upgrade. I kind of feel that I think, way too. I think Olsen's better defensively. Yeah. Olsen's younger. So Olsen's younger, better and now, defensively. And now he's playing at home, so yeah. what that'll do. The only thing, the only variable that that makes me go, huh, about that um, is from a standpoint of um, a psychological standpoint of coming home and getting comfortable can be a great thing for you, but it can also pull you out of your rhythm. And if you've hit a certain rhythm and you've been comfortable because you like, let's say for example, um, you are, and, uh, you, you live somewhere like let's say you play for whoever um, you play for the Oakland A's, but you're a guy from New York. Yeah. Um, and let's say you don't necessarily love Oakland. You don't necessarily know it that well. You don't have a lot of friends. What are you probably going to be doing with your free time? Maybe working out, you know, maybe not partying so hard, but maybe just being sort of focused. I kind of I have this theory. I call it the Peyton Manning theory. And it's why was Peyton so Manning so great? He's a physical like goofball. But he's a dork, and so he was just always at home doing his homework. So he knew what the fuck to do. So the guys that pay attention and focus and don't party and don't live their life, you know, they they usually do well when they go home because they're happier. They're like the more family guys. It's always the family guys that when they go home, maybe they've been playing somewhere else for a while come home, get settled. They're finally playing where they want to play. Maybe they're not as productive as they used to be, but still have a good season, maybe win a ring at home. You know, everything kind of falls into place. 
Um, whereas a Matt Olson, maybe going over there, you're young, maybe you kind of get out of that rhythm and you get comfortable a little too early before you've really set those good yeah, long-term yeah. overall career habits. And then you start to come like into kind of a slump because it's like, Oh, I'm home and everything's perfect now. And right. it's like, yeah, but you've also kind of come out of your rhythm for variables that maybe you don't pay attention to. Maybe yeah. you are happier at home and you spend less time working out or, you know, focused on the books or maybe when you're at home, you hate your wife and you want to hit the books a little harder <laughs> and you hit the gym. All. Uh, you know, no Marcella offense to anybody. Zuna. Marcelo Zuna on the Braves is the one that hates who likes yeah. to hit, hit <laughs> yeah. women. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> like when he gets out of jail, man, he's going to be, <laughs> he's <laughs> no, like, uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I see that. And I'm my, I don't want my knee jerk to almost be like, I always call it my Lakers theory where it's like you're chasing paper instead of chemistry Yeah. where it sounds good on paper, but it just doesn't jive for yeah. one reason or another. So I'm kind of interested to see that because I think he yeah. really could jive there. And if he sticks to good habits and sticks to good routines, that will be scary. And it will for sure be either a blue Jays or I don't want to see another fucking Red Sox world series, but they might just, I have a weird, they, they always surprise me and I don't like it, but they do. Yeah. So, uh, 92. It was blue Jays Braves. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it'd be that again. We're due for that. And that was a great goddamn series. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those series were like, yeah, like I, I used to love those old blue Jays teams. Um, those were some great, great playoff years. And even going up against um, battling with those like Minnesota teams too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Those were Jack, some solid, Morris, solid years. Jack Morris yeah. pitching 10 innings. And... Yeah. That's absurd. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. Nobody. You're lucky if a pitcher pitches half that many innings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if a guy goes six, everyone's like, yeah, standing O. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, he six, did his that's... job. Why are we yeah. clapping? <laughs> All right, well, 60% of the day got done. All right, man. Cool. <laughs> I wish I could fucking phone it in like that. <laughs> I know we're about to wrap here soon, though, so I'll let you get to... Did you had another one for the me? The last question is comedy-related. Um, do you have any, like, recommendations as far as movies, specials, anything you found funny that you like to throw out there? Um... I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, my bird started laughing as soon oh, as you said that. That's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, like perfectly timed. Um, you know what's interesting is I have not been paying attention to um, stand-up per se. Um, but I've been paying attention to, like, for some reason, um, like I'm really getting into, like, British humor Okay. and um british tv but one of my favorites um it's it's not even like a fucking surprise but like eddie izzard just continues to be one of the funniest people on this planet and like i say that like i don't think they've got anything new out but like i like during the pandemic i went back to a lot of um eddie's stuff and like just revisited it but like 
To be honest, I would actually like to throw out an old name that I revisited too, um, because there's a lot of great young people out there, but I honestly don't know who is sort of like got the hot hand right now. Mm -hmm. I haven't been paying that close of attention because I've been so heavily like involved in actually music right now. Um, cause I've been doing a lot of work with bands and, um, artist development out here. And I'm working with a lot of really big bands that are starting to pick up, um, actually some East coast bands and they're kind of helping us fund some of these shows and stuff. So it's pretty cool, but, um, it's not giving me the time to focus on the comedy world. Like I like, so, you know, I kind of, I kind of get loose, but like, some names that like I can think of off the top of my head that I would tell people to check out, like friends of mine, like dude, like an Ivy Cordova, always check that, you know, check her out. Hilarious dude, like always a Pete Munoz. One of my favorite things still is if you can find Wes on Creepy Coffee Movie Time. <laughs> One of my all time favorite sets. <laughs> still the best. Still the best. Um, oh, jeez. Check out Wes Hoffman, Creepy Coffee Movie Time. I forget which season. I want to say it was like three or four. I have it tagged somewhere, but it's still the best. Um, but yeah, there's so many great comedians, but one of my all-time old-school favorites, and if I could just old man everybody, you know, in the last minute here, is just uh, Billy Connolly is still and far and away, like, the funniest dude I've probably... Like, I, I went back, and, like, my uncles always liked him, and my grandpa liked him, and so he was just, like, old man humor to me. But I went back and I watched a lot of his um, like stand-up specials, but also just him being on um, like late night TV. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, phenomenal. It's just like drinking. Like it's, it's when you have like a really good wine and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is, I've been drinking this two buck Chuck, which is cool. I like it, but God damn, this is what that shit is. Nice. Oh, it's just like such a beautifully refined, like old school. Um, if there's one word I could throw out there, it's monologist. And that is a word that I recently learned from a podcast where um, Lucy, Lucille Ball was talking about how her uncle made her go see this monologist. And she's like, what the fuck is a monologist? It sounds like a guy who's going to like check my pussy. And... <laughs> It's like, no, a monologist is a comedian, but it's basically a comedian who also, as we know now in the modern day, is what we call a one man show or one woman show. But there are serious moments, there's intelligent moments, there's thoughtful stuff, you know, there's all kinds of different moments, but also mixed in with the comedy. And she was like, dude, that's what got me was going to see this monologist. And she goes, it was like, I'd never seen stand-up before. I'd seen vaudeville, and I was obsessed with vaudeville, but stand-up was just something else. And it was just like, ugh, it was just such like this magic. And so like, Billy Connolly tells a great story. And so like, he's a beautiful monologist. And we are monologists, because we tell great stories and allow people to come along for the ride with us. And so, you know, I, just want to say, my friend, I really appreciate you having me on and telling some stories. Thank you. Thank you. It's and, been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I hope we get to do it again. And, um, you know, I uh, I look forward to the next one. And if there is no X one, it's been beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next time for the next episode.